0: Well, speaking of anniversaries, it has been one year, it will be one year tomorrow since a wildfire raced through Lytton, B.C., the small village of about 300 people in southern B.C. was destroyed in the fire. Two people died. Many were injured. Dozens of homes were destroyed. The fire was the tragic culmination of a week of record-setting heat that certainly helped spread that fire. Lytton had seen a national record-breaking 49.6 degrees the day before after reaching 47.9 on Monday and 46.6 on Sunday during that infamous heat dome that settled over much of the province. The Lytton Wildland Fire was reported at about 4.38 p.m. local time south of the village and moved quickly within hours. 150 homes had been destroyed. Here's some sounds of people on that day.
1: I got a phone call from emergency alert And I I didn't believe them, you know, I, I said, I looked out the door and there's fire everywhere. And my house burnt down right after my daughter picked me up.
0: Most homes and structures in the village, as well as the ambulance station and the RCMP detachment, have been lost. I also understand that some residents have not been accounted for and their location is currently being investigated by the RCMP. That was Public Safety Minister Mark, Mike Farnworth there uh, a year ago tomorrow uh, assessing or at least reporting on what had happened. Uh, the Insurance Board of Canada estimates the damage total at $102 million. One year later though, Lytton still looks very much like it did back in early July of last year. The process to rebuild the town has been slow. No homes have been rebuilt yet. It took 10 months for the debris removal to begin. Governments and insurers are still hashing out costs. The cleanup is complex. There's the need to protect Indigenous history that lies beneath the area. And to give you an idea of how slow that is, when Slave Lake Alberta was destroyed back in 2011 or large parts of it, foundations for new homes were already being poured five months later. We also still don't know the cause of the fire. The BC Wildfire Service and the RCMP are still working on that. Well, joining me now with more are two familiar names. We've spoken to them before. Jennifer Toss is a Litton property owner who's been working for months now to try to get work started on uh, rebuilding what she lost in Lytton and Dr. Roslyn Miles is also a Lytton resident and a member of the Lytton First Nations. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank, Thank you Rosalind, let me start with you. just your memories of that day uh, a year ago tomorrow.
1: Uh, it was complete terror. it was it was a very traumatic experience, and yeah, it was um, a lot of people didn't have cell phones, and so we didn't know how many people had passed away and my heart goes to the Chapman family, and uh, it was the mo- one of the most destructive experiences of my life.
0: Yeah, how, did you hear, how did you find out what was happening, and where were you when it happened?
1: Um, well, it was, was happening on Facebook. I was in Lytton the day before, um, but it was you know, the hottest place in Canada, and actually left the next day for a vacation in Cayukit. And then I could I could hear people um, chatting on Facebook about the fire. And I thought, why isn't there anything going on about telling people to evacuate? So I went on to the Lytton for Station's Facebook page and started telling people what I was hearing secondhand. Because, um, of course, like the band office was lost, the village of Litton office was lost, and there wasn't well, a lot of communication. Um, so it was, just, it was horrible to... I, I have two homes in Lytton and um, I'm the elder that lives in one of my homes downtown, she doesn't have a cell phone. And I was thinking the worst.
0: Yeah, Jennifer, you too would have been there the day before, right? That's or that right. weekend? I was
2: there the weekend before. That's right.
0: And, and how did you learn of what was happening? And, and what did you do? Because you had tenants in those houses in one of the homes, right, that you own there?
2: I did. I had a few tenants. I got a call from one of them, my friend, Jen Pans, who lives in my house. Um, she said, are you sitting down? Your house is burned down. I had been following the George Lake wildfire, so I was getting texts from her periodically through the day and the night before with updates and photos. And she said, uh, oh, it's, you know, what did she say? Um, there's a train car on fire on its way to Lytton. Now, that's fancy in a text. And then she sent me a text of the Fraser Valley Road Report that had um, a stream of comments about people that had seen a train on fire on its way to Lytton. And, um, I, then, so a few hours later I got the phone call. It was my last day of work. I got home, was ready to relax and head to Linton. And I got a phone call. Are you sitting down? The whole town's on fire. Um, I had small talk with um, her for a few minutes and then I was like, cause she was already evacuated. She had seen the flames. And I said, do you know where um, Henry and Don are? They were two of my tenants that are elderly and, um, have mobile, like aren't very mobile. And, um, she said, oh, no idea, it was chaos. So I phoned another um, friend of mine in Lytton that's worked with those tenants before and he was hysterical. He had just seen his dogs die in front of him. I'm, he's been on the news a bit. He ran in the house to grab his cat, came out and his truck was engulfed in flames and his two dogs were in it. And he was just screaming half in French. And I, I won't say it on the radio, but it was, mm-hmm. um, it, I couldn't um, even have a conversation with him. So I actually phoned the tenant. And this elderly gentleman picked up the phone and he said, um, oh, hi, Jennifer. Like, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, Henry, the, the town's on fire. And um, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Go look outside. He, and he comes back in, like, he comes back to the phone. He said, oh, there's explosions everywhere and smoke. I can't see anything. And I was on the phone with him for 11 minutes before um, he was out of the house. And it took me four days to find out that he was safe and his wife um, in merit. But yeah, like what Rosalind just spoke to, not knowing um, people were safe for quite a few days was awful.
0: Yeah, it, it, is, it is remarkable. And, and my heart obviously, are, you know, there, was, there were lives lost, there were people injured, but it feels like it could have been so much worse. Um, what was lost Absolutely. that day when, when, when the smoke had cleared? What was lost for you, Rosalind?
1: Well, uh, all my childhood memories. <laughs> so when I think about, like, you know, Memorial Hall, that's where my mom and dad were married, and, um, you know, the band office is where I worked, and I, I think that, um, you know, just knowing, like, you everyone from Lytton Foundation, Village of Lytton, you know, there's thousands of people who enjoyed our downtown core, our health services, our RCMP, so... We think about you know, Lytton as the heart of, of the canyon, of the Fraser Canyon and for it to kind of be just burnt right down to the ground. Uh there are just so many things that are irreplaceable and um and, and the part for me that was the most damaging was the effect on the elders and the seniors. Um, you know, I understand that over eleven people who, who had to evacuate have passed on since then. You know, and and really? they have they have no homes and and, uh, you know, one of my close friends, Christian James, she lost everything. She, you know, she left really quick and left her cat inside and she has no insurance and she's elderly. And Margot Soccer, who lives in my house, you know, she, she lost her home too. She was planting daffodils in every, you know, it, it's a place that I own, but it really was her home. Um, you know, it's just having for people to plan retirement and, and to have to be, you know, had to evacuate so quickly and never be able to go back you know, and um, it's just devastating.
0: Yeah, Jennifer, you too, your tenants have not been able, I I gather they haven't been able to even resettle really, those who who had to leave your home in Lytton.
2: That's right. None of them have found permanent housing. And um, I'd also echo what Rosalind said about our elders that have been lost in the shuffle and um, are all over the province. And, you know, there's just no sense of urgency from the village. So it's very disappointing. And yeah, yeah, the tenants I mean, I think, are, are totally displaced and my son has Snapchat and all of his friends in Lytton, he said after the fire he was looking on Snapchat and they just like spread out across the province like a like an explosion almost of, of people's characters, avatars or whatever on Snapchat and you can see to this day that these um, youth are still scattered all over the province.
0: Like many of the residents? I mean, I know one of yeah, the, like the overriding... The no one- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I know a, the overriding theme law.
0: of this it is I know the overriding theme this year is just how much how little has changed since early well, you know, July in the town of Yeah. I, well, yeah. The, yeah.
1: The, the, the major problem that I see well, I was in charge of the Cisco fire in 2017 and it was a military operation like people came in and responded they created headquarters there was an emergency operations center um you know the government was really there to support us and, you know EMBC and yeah, things you know um all, everyone who worked in Lytton, lived in Lytton, were evacuated. They did not have the capacity to respond and to operate an emergency center. And for them to leave it up to um, both governments, Lytton Station, Village of Lytton, and um, was really um, disrespectful to the people who've lost everything. And, and so many things that um, could have been done within the first few months were just neglected. And it brought in opportunities for people that felt they could... Um, take lead where they shouldn't have taken lead, um, or people feel that they they were qualified to help with our re- our recovery and and they weren't. And so we mm-hmm. it was a time that we really needed experts to be there to uh, support our our people. And because that didn't happen, we lost that momentum. And then we had the mudslides. And so um, it's been a really the worst case example of what recovery should look like for yeah. Canada.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. we'll take a, quick, Not break. a, model we'll take a community. quick break. We'll take a quick break. I'm, I'm really interested in talking to you more about this because, of course, looking forward, it's the anniversary tomorrow. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on what may lie ahead for Lytton. It feels like there's a bit of momentum now, but I'll be back with Jennifer Toss and uh, Rosalind Miles after this. Ahead of the one-year anniversary of the Lytton fire, we're speaking with two people who... Um, who were very close to Lytton. Jennifer Toss is a Lytton property owner and Dr. Roslyn Miles is also a Lytton property owner and a member of the Lytton First Nation. We were talking just about that day, the devastation uh, that it wreaked and also just how everyone had had to scatter, how so little has been done now to rebuild the town in the year. You know, often, uh, Roslyn, you know, one-year anniversaries can be times of hope. Uh, you know, people can go back to the town and see that there's things happening, that things are beginning to look like they used to a little bit, or at least maybe even better to some extent. I, I get the impression this year, no one's going to feel that way tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think right now we're focusing on, on the idea of renewal. And uh, I know tomorrow I'm helping host an event at Son Valley Intercomic School um, with the youth and the students. Um, we're doing a time capsule piece and... Uh, right. From ten to four, and uh, it's an honor to be there for the children and for the youth who watched their town burn down. You know, they, they, you know, it was just a horrific experience, especially for people on the west side who were safe on the other side of the river, but saw things just be destroyed and not knowing what happened. Um, so I think, you know, I've always been hopeful, and you know, there's been so many times where you know we wish for things to come sooner. You know, we've had the for Village of Whitney we have the news of the support of federal and provincial government. Um, the Litton Foundation and Indigenous Services can have been there, but there's been a lot of politics behind the scene. Um, we haven't had enough community engagement. Um, you know, the people who have who have lost their homes, um, I'm the lucky one. I have two homes that did not burn down, um, you know, the, but I still, the one house downtown is not livable. You know, like, no one can live in it, and it's just, it's a really hard situation. I can't even go downtown without, like, I can't work on my grass. You know, they're saying that there's toxins in the grass and so I'm thinking like, well it's high grass how can I cut down my yard um, but I'm the lucky one right so um, there's so many people who are living in trailers they're living in very small motels um, people whose insurance is running out um, for living in these certain kind of you know like jobs people lost their jobs because you had to leave the area you know people's businesses and and places of work burnt down um, so it, it really was a life changer um, for so many people, and so having hope, yeah. Right now, it's just um, there's still some negative things happening for us. You know, um, I, I was just heartbroken when I heard they they filled in the pool. Um, you know, there's a big fundraiser for the for the pool. Um, there's just some things we don't have a community plan yet. We don't have infrastructure plans yet. So there's it's hard to have hope when you, you don't see um, things being really built or you don't see a really huge response you know that the town's been shut down on weekends you know um so for every second weekend you can go and visit your property if you want to go work in the yard or go get something um so there's been a lot of loss of attachment to the people who've really who've been really suffering i really feel like there's no urgency and i just wish that we had something really organized for people to come together to talk about what does recovery look like? What does renewal look like? How, what are What are our ideas, you know of having a thriving community, a sustainable community, something that's that's safe for climate change? You know, um, there's been talks of the bylaw, of course. However we need, we need to have people at the table, both sides, Lytton First Nation and the Village of Lytton, and the five First Nations around us that have lost it, lost their town as well. Kanaka, Siska, Scapa, Nickman. All lost their town as well. Um, we've had groups of people coming in trying to represent us when they don't even live here. Um, so it's, it's definitely been an opportunity for some people to take advantage of the situation, and um, and that's been horrific.
0: Yeah, it felt like there was an opportunity here to really get something good started. And as you have mentioned, oh, yeah. Jennifer, again, the momentum just keeps getting lost. How about you, Jennifer? I know mm-hmm. you—you know—you still have properties right in town that you haven't been, that yeah. were destroyed that you haven't been able to get back to. Uh, how will yeah. you? approach tomorrow? Is it? Is it a day of, of, of at least cautious optimism?
2: You know, we've spoken a few times then, and I've gone from optimistic to um, depressed and optimistic again and depressed. Um, I, I've told people before it's really difficult to get past the anger part of the grief cycle um, for a lot of the reasons that Rosalind just alluded to. Things like the pool getting taken out without any sort of heads up or communication with the village right after the Fort Barron's winery fundraiser, Um, the pool was insured. Sure, there might be a recreation center coming, but, you know, that pool could have been replaced. You know, in my opinion, it looked, uh, I have photos of it. It it held water. There must've been a way to to remediate it, but um, that just speaks to the communication. The lack of progress um, has been depressing. There's just no ways around it. And, um, when Rosalind said, "You know, people representing us that don't even live there," that really resonates. We have a whole recovery team all over the province in Kamloops, Kelowna, Victoria, um, and these people aren't vested in the in the village like people that live in the village would be. It took us five months to get a phone line that um, that worked where a resident could phone the village. It took, um, well, we still don't have a village office there's, you know, the, the meetings are being held in Kamloops. Um, the sound still has issues when they have their village meetings. There's things that are just like, oh, a year later, we, we shouldn't be dealing with this sort of thing. So um, cautious optimism, no. I would go with um, <laughs> still, I, I mean, I'm back in the depression <laughs> cycle. Um, every time I go there, it's, it's quite upsetting the lack of progress. So, yeah, it's really, really difficult to be optimistic. We have so many um, third-party people, like, again, that don't live there. We have all these corporate interests that have sort of um, gotten their nose into the recovery effort. And because we lacked the capacity, I think um, the village allowed these entities to sort of um, corporate lobbyist type um entities yeah. to, to to drive the narrative and, and that starts with like the misleading at coad, you know, walking on sunshine as a as a um, yeah,
0: I remember that I remember.
2: as a soundtrack is was just heartbreaking for so many people and to be shown at the hockey games and that. And there was Never, you know, the full 100,000. I don't know if we've even received that. The Insurance Bureau of Canada, the Municipal Insurance Association, NEXI Homes, Institute for Catastrophic Loss Reduction, Fire Smart, Safer Homes. And now we have this wonderful idea for God knows how many millions they're proposing. Um, solar Earth Solutions is, and Shift Clean Solutions Limited is proposing solar sidewalks for our village. We have 239 God. people. We can hardly keep our pool going, like staffed in the summer. And they want to put in solar um solar sidewalks when we don't even have our water systems and our sewer systems up and running they took down all of the hydro pools in the village that were perfectly fine there was a lot that were undamaged like not touched they cut them all down because the wires were going to go underground and then figured out that um that was cost prohibitive and time prohibitive and um so they decided, again, to replace the polls exactly where they were. <laughs> it's these it's kind been, of decisions that are being made that just break our hearts.
0: It sounds like a year later, everyone's in dire need of a plan. <laughs> that's what the, Exactly. Uh, New official uh, yeah, community exactly.
1: plan. We finally have yeah, a and bylaw. Also, though, yeah, and I, oh, having a plan, but also having the oh, right people at the table. Like, yes, The federal government right. gave a commitment letter to um, NNTC that's not even a legal entity on July
0: Roslyn and and Jennifer, I'm running out of time. As always, it's lovely to have you on the show. I'll be thinking of both of you tomorrow, and I hope when we speak next that uh, there is more progress, that you're in uh, higher spirits. And thank you again for your time tonight.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much, Ben.